State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. That's how we own it! What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets, streets and, and politics meet. My son, Lennon. Tamika D. Mallory, you looking like... You're looking like the the, the high-end Rosa Parks right now. <laughs> Rosa Parks was super high-end. I'm just saying her day. I'm just trying to say this Fendi, you know, you got the head wrap. You know how they always show like Rosa with the head wrap. So it's, it's given called, the Rosa Parks. It's, it's given, called given edges need to be laid down, and I ain't got time for them right now. So well, you got Ooh. Fendi laying them down right now. So go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the acknowledgement. See my new. What is that? Uh, oh, I thought that was a, um, a boycott black culture too. Shout out to Forever Young. My homegirl Crystal sent me. She got the sweatsuits. Forever Young. Forever Young. You know, that's how I feel anyway. So it definitely fits me. Okay. Thanks. Last week I had to go to court. You know, my nephew is locked up. Mm. 
And um, that's been kind of hard. It's, it's hard. You know what's so hard doing this work, trying to end gun violence and trying to stop violence in the community. And then when these things come into your own home, it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's currently arrested for allegedly gun possession. And um, going to court, seeing him there is heartbreaking. You know, you have these conversations and you talk and he he looks so much like me, reminds me of me even, you know, just seeing him walk out of that courtroom, into that courtroom, you know, with that uniform on, it, it was heartbreaking because you don't, that's that's what you do all of these things for. Even when you, when you get incarcerated and you go through these things and you have these conversations with them and you, you try to steer them away and you do everything you can, you know, you have these real tough conversations and when, when, you know, you see them have to go through their own trials and tribulations that you couldn't help them avoid is really disheartening. So that that was like a real rough thing for me, man. You know, I want, I'm going to go see him. You know, I was trying to go see him physically, like go to, you know, to visit him, but they moved him for wherever he was. So, you know, but he seems he's a strong young man, you know, but you don't want to have to use your strength in that, you know? Yeah, no. And at least, you know, I mean, at least, from what I understand, he's not uh, charged with like shooting anybody. It's just having a, a weapon. Period. So, it is. And, and and the thing is, when you have these conversations with them, and and they like, yo, you just they in their mind, you know, a lot of these kids. And it's allegedly, I don't know if he, I don't even know if he, he really don't know. Doesn't know anything. But I just know when you have conversations with these kids in general, what they say is that they just rather be caught with or without it. And then you can't even get mad. Maybe rather they rather be caught with, with it than without yeah. it. Mm. Because when you look, I heard that from young you know people. What I'm saying? These young people are saying that when you look at what happened in Harlem, when you look at what happened in Queens, you know, I don't think any of them. Well, what were, happened? Because the people listening don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, the young the young man. You know, I posted on my page last week. There was a young man who I don't even know what kind of confrontation him and the young man was 21 years old mm-hmm. and the guy who, you know, he allegedly shot was 32 years of age. And, you know, it, it seemed like there was probably a, a disagreement or just a little dialogue. I don't know the, the back history or anything. All I know is that the man was walking out and he was shot in his head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those situations, you don't know you, how do you protect yourself? How do you, how do you think somebody thinks you get into a, a minor disagreement with somebody or just a back and forth that somebody's gonna shoot you in the back and shoot you in the back of your head and kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't even know. So these kids are, are nervous. A lot of these young kids is nervous. They like, yo, people try to kill me. You know, you you walk in, you don't even know. People mistake you for something. If you don't got a, a gun or anything to get your way out. So we just dealing with really, really serious times. It's, it's mental health, you know, it's trauma, you know, it's poverty. You know, it's we still coming from the pandemic, the, the the you know, the after effects of the pandemic and the remnants of the pandemic have been left. A lot of people, you know, a lot of especially with the amount of finances that was in the streets during the pandemic, everybody had money. So mm-hmm. now it's going back to be broken. It, and that's trauma in itself to to, to one day you got one hundred thousand or fifty thousand. The next thing you know, you got five dollars and you can't even you know, you can't make ends meet. So. It's just so much going on. So I'm just praying for him, hoping that, you know, he, he stays strong and, you know, we get through this. But it's tough, man. It's really tough. I'm doing this boycott Black Murder 
you know, initiative and, and nationwide campaign, I've had to really dig into it. You know, mm -hmm. when you do this work, it's not just, oh, I'm going to go out and do this work. You start looking at doing the research and looking at the data and then look at it, the communities with that it really impacted. And you start noticing trends and you start realizing that, damn, it ain't just bad people. It's bad situations. It's, it's like you said, it's mental health. It's so many different things that lead up to it. Then some people are just scared. And that's what my thing is about guns. If you give a scared person a gun, you don't know what could happen. If you give somebody who, who's not mentally, doesn't have the mental capacity to have a gun, you don't know. So everybody, everybody, yo, everybody, no, everybody shouldn't have guns. I'm not no, everybody not have guns. There's a couple of people that I know if they have guns, if they had guns, they would have killed about 10 people already. Everybody don't have that. Just think about some of these people that have road rage, but they don't have guns. Right. When you see the road, the road rage with the guns, you've seen dudes really shoot through their window while they driving because somebody almost cut them off and they shooting through the window trying to kill people. They have killed people. Mm -hmm. So imagine if all of those type of people had guns. And every time something like that happened, they was able to respond and react, you know, mm -hmm. based on the emotions and the lack there of control of the emotions they had. So, you know, it's just it's just been a it's been a tough week. It's been like a tough month dealing with this. But. I'm, I'm faithful that God is going to, you know, do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, hopefully that, you know, your nephew will be all right. And whatever the circumstances are, gets worked out. And, and like you said, when you are able to go and visit him and really sit with him and understand his perspective and all of that, you know, hopefully it'll help you to think through how to help him because, you know. Don't forget his legend. I don't, I don't know if he even had the gun. I don't know anything because I haven't really had a conversation with him. But this is what, you know, he's been arrested for. So, you know, we just got to pray. Yep, yep. And make sure he has the proper representation, no matter which way it goes, because that's another problem across the nation. We see so many people falling victim, as you have in the past, to just not having the proper re representation. So that whatever, their whatever the circumstances and whatever their fate may be, yep. that you believe someone was there representing them to the best of, um, you know, of the, of the type of representation that they should be, um, you know, entitled to. So it's, it's a, you know, like you said, it's a lot because the courts are packed. The emails are coming in with people with different situations and, and tragic stories all across the country. It's a lot that's happening. And as we were saying, I think it was last week, we were talking about you know, hoping that people are really paying attention and understanding that there are a lot of folks who feel like they need to turn their eyes away or turn it off, which is fine for your own mental health, but also knowing that this is a time for us maybe not so much to turn to the information overload, but to certainly try to figure out who are the groups that we can work with. Because you said in the beginning that, you know, trying to stop gun violence, and I don't believe that that's a reality. I don't think we could ever stop anything Definitely. I think we can reduce it I think we can reduce it significantly and prevent some situations from happening and so but that takes work like you know to stop it is almost easier than to 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 reduce it right like you would think okay if we stopped it that means that there's some divine intervention and gun violence just yeah, no maybe. more that's like an act of God but to prevent it and to slow it down to you know to to reduce it that's real work it takes people who are real practitioners 
um, and they need resources. And unfortunately, being a gun violence intervention specialist is not a job that you can just go online and look it up and it pop, you know, thousands and whatever of jobs pop up, you know, where there's money for it and there's, you know, investment and there's health insurance is really none of that unless you are connected to a good organization that has been doing it for years. So hopefully people will understand the need to be more involved. So that's that on that. Um, in my life, you know, uh, definitely had, in the last couple of weeks, I have had a few tragic things going on. In, in fact, I've had three things over the last several months. My uncle passed away. My little cousin was uh, mistaken for somebody. His car was the same as someone else. Um, who was involved in some type of incident. And so he was shot at, which caused him to be in a car accident. And he lived, thank God, but lots of problems, you know, with, with, with what he experienced, his body trauma. And now um, my first cousin, and, you know, for a lot of people, when you say your first cousin, they kind of like, oh, okay, like, you know, first cousin or cousins, like they don't see it. I noticed that a lot of people just don't have, very close knit families, mm -hmm. the way that some people do, because I know a lot of people who do. I know a lot of people that have very close knit families. And I know a lot of people who don't have family at all, or they don't really see or talk to their family members. And in my situation, it's not like that, because my mother and father have been together for almost 60 years, or maybe more than 60 years at this point. I have checked, but definitely more than 55. And um. In, in the way we were raised, it's like brothers and sisters with the children. And my parents, while they were there, you know, they have in-laws, they don't call each other in-laws. Everybody is a blended, very strong family. I have spent summers and holidays and birthdays and anything you could think of with either my mother's side or my father's side. And at some point, even my mother's nephews and nieces and the, the, their, their generation, my parents' generation, became family with my father's side. Because my parents, when they would get for the summer, they would take two or three of my father's nieces and nephews and also my mother's nieces and nephews. And we all came together. So there's really no separation of people with people. Everybody knows everybody. And everybody has been close. If you have a wedding, a birthday party or anything, these families have come together for 60 years. Yeah. That's a long time. So when one of us goes or something happens to an aunt or whatever, and especially a young person, which we've never experienced. Can you believe that? We have never until this particular week have we ever lost um, except my brother who died before I was born. But we've never lost a young person of the 40, 50, whatever generation. So with that being said, my cousin had a seizure um, while he was driving and he ended up slamming on his gas, running into another car and had a tragic car accident. He had to be cut out the vehicle um, before it was all said and done every kind of internal problem you could think of, every kind of, all just types of things, brain swelling, bleeding, body, just everything happened to him. 
And finally, on this past Saturday, my aunt had to make and his brothers had to make what was probably the hardest decision that they have ever made. And then us as a family collectively being there um, to take him off the respirator. And within 30 minutes, he took his last breath, maybe an hour. So that has been traumatizing. And with all the situations that I experienced, I never really write about it on social media because, you know, we're, we're so traumatized from the work we do that our personal lives become very, very quiet. People don't know. They have no idea about family things that we're having. Every now and then you may say something, but for the most part, we sort of take it on the chin. But this has been so emotional and so heart wrenching and just so tragic um, that, you know, I have solicited the prayers and support of family and friends. And so that is my what has been happening with me for the last week. And it's been pretty tough. We have to bury him this weekend. And it's just a hard situation. Well, I just want to send out my condolences to the family, to your whole family. You know, it's, it's, I don't know about a lot of people, but I have first cousins that, you know, are like sisters to me. Most of my cousins are females, but I have, you know, some family males, but it's, it's some in particular that are really close to me. So, you know, I, I don't wish that on anybody. I know it's hard just thinking, as I hear you saying that the mother had to make a decision, you know, to um, uh -huh, yeah, to to for him to move on, you know. But like I said, you know, when you told me, um, we just got to remember him in good spirits. Mm -hmm. Got to remember the person because, you know, after that situation, him trying to move forward and trying to live not like he was supposed to live probably wasn't going to be good for anybody. No, yeah. not with all the ailments that he would have had. If he lived, his legs would have been amputated. He had brain issues because of that car accident. His body parts had all different types of things. He would have never, he would have been, my cousin, the type of person that he was, he would have woke up in, with his legs amputated and been like, whose good idea was it for me to live with this? Like who, who made this decision? He would never have probably forgiven us as a family collectively because that would not have been his way he owned several barbershops he had three children 14 years old seven and eight he was a get up and go person he and I have often been considered like the black sheeps of our family because when we were younger we stayed in trouble but he turned his life in a, the right direction was doing the right things entrepreneurship definitely didn't believe in working for nobody you know and um and then boom, here we go. So, you know, life just happens. And as a result of that, all weekend, I saw people posting a young man in a hospital bed. Um, and I kept turning away from it fast. Um, I did, you know, I think I liked one of Sean King's posts because I saw he was raising money for a family. And I already know if Sean posted it, then I saw you posted it. I know it's something that's important. But it, something happened to a young man by the name of Ralph Yarl. And I know you know the story, so I'm going to let you tell this story. I, I stood by my cousin's bed and I saw, you know, when the nurse came in to clean him up, she asked, you know, people who wanted to leave to leave and those who wanted to stay to stay. And I saw his body in the condition that it was in. So when, when seeing 
Ralph Yarl popping up on my timeline, it just something I could not stomach because I was literally standing there looking at another young person, 40 years old. And I know um, Ralph is so much younger, but it just seems like Black folks, like we just have so much trauma. I know car accidents and things like that happen all the time, but it just still just feels like we can't even just live a life that we only have the regular things that you can't control because then you got the Ralph Yarl situation at the same time. So what happened to him? Well, yeah, um, Ralph Yarl was 16 years, is 16 year old boy. And um, he was going to pick up his siblings in um, Kansas City, Missouri. And he went to the wrong home. You know, I guess he had the wrong address. He went to pick them up. And when he went to the wrong home, the homeowner shot Ralph through the glass door, mm. shot, shot him once in the head. Mm. And then, you know, he shot him first. Then he shot him again in the head to make sure that he was dead. Mm. You know, and by the grace of God, Ralph has survived and, 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 is, and he's on his way to recovering. But this was a white man, you know, and there, there seems to be absolutely no understanding why through a door that you would see a young kid who's probably asking, hey, is my, my, I'm here to pick up something. And just on the mere sight that you would try to take his life. Mm. Sean said, this is not standing your ground. This is not anything related to that. This is a, a, a murderer intentionally mm. murdered this young black boy and um, calling for justice. You know, and um, attorney Lee Merritt is on the case, along with attorney Crump. They're both working on, on this case, but it, it's very, very, very triggering just seeing those, you know, those pictures of him in, like you said, in that hospital bed. You know, it's it's just, I don't even understand. I don't, I, I just don't understand what, 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 what level of evil, you know what it takes for me to take somebody's life? Like they're gonna say, they're gonna say, which you know, I'm I need to probably this week I can't do it, but I will at some point try to get more details. But I'm sure that the excuse is going to be that he they felt threatened. They saw a man and there's and there's been robberies in the community and there's been this, and I was nervous. Yeah, but that's always the same. And I'm just wondering, I want to understand what makes you nervous by just seeing a young black man. What, what, what was it about him that he did that make you nervous? He didn't brandish any weapon. He didn't do anything. What, what made you feel like you needed to shoot him and then shoot him in the head as you stood over him? Like, I don't understand this level. For me, in my mind, it's like, you have to, for me to just even want to harm you, you have to do something to me that is drastic but for mm -hmm. me to take your life you know what you would have to do is, is just stand in front of my door you know yeah. and i don't understand it i just don't get it and we constantly have these conversations and young black men are constantly the victims of these situations it's sad i mean it's just it's just too much it's just too much and you know like i said They'll come up with as many excuses as possible. But one thing I do know is that with Lee Merritt and Ben Crump, 
and Sean King, excuse me, you, and so many others. I see all kinds of celebrities and people posting about it with all of those folks involved at the onset versus in the Ahmaud Arbery situation, it took time before people even knew about it. And then time for Sean and Lee Merritt to work their you know, points of, of, of pressure and get everybody involved. But now people seem to be engaged in this from the beginning. So I think that eventually there will be, um, there'll be a, an arrest. That's what I think. But, you know. Well, they already I, said that he was let go. You know, that, that's the part I didn't read. They said he was he was brought down question and then let go, you know. Yeah, because he's 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 scared. He was scared. <laughs> that's what they're going to say. He was scared. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, and there's been, like you said, so many different tragic situations happening because even over this past weekend, while you had, you know, my my cousin, um, he, you know, was in the tragic car accident and passed away on Saturday. But then there was a prom, uh, two kids at a prom or going or coming from a prom. I'm not sure, but I saw that also. And those two individuals um, died in a car accident. And by the way, I think if I'm not mistaken, that um, uh Floyd Mayweather's manager or assistant, that beautiful young woman, I think her name was like Kitty or something. She, it seemed like she died in a car accident. I saw Meek Mill and uh, Milano posting about another young lady, beautiful young lady who died in a car accident. Then I think you guys posted a guy recently, some, some, some dude, he died in a car accident. Then you had uh, T.I.'s manager or what his, his person, business partner or whatever, who had some type of medical issue. People, it's, it's really a lot of death. It's really a lot I mean, of death. It really is. And I, and I said that the other day, man, we have to really protect your soul, protect your energy, you know, protect your spirit because their death is, you know, it's, it's what we at war. We, it's, it, I think it's, it's a spiritual war, war, you know, and, and death is hitting us a lot. So I think keep your, your, your surroundings and your circumference really tight. Yeah. Pray, you know, fast, do whatever you got to do. Click, click, you know, cause there's a lot going on. It's, it, it's, is. It, it is. It is. It is. And, and, and it seem like it's by coincidence. No, and we can't afford to have shootings because we're we already dying. We're dying from health issues. We're dying in, you know, like you said, the 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 these these freak accidents. Um, we're dying there. God bless uh, our brother Jamie Foxx, who had a serious medical emergency at the point of us taping. We know that he's um his family has not updated people on where he is now, except the fact that he began communicating. So you got all of these things happening. We can't afford to be fighting one another and shooting one another because we are already dealing with all these other challenges. And, you know, I saw that a sweet, now one thing I did actually read about and, you know, it, it hit me was the sweet 16, that there was a major shooting in Alabama, I believe. I think I remember it was in Alabama and four people died, four people at this Sweet 16. And it brings me to my thought of the day. I 
I was really sitting with something that I heard last week prior to us going uh, to be with Justin Jones in Nashville, Tennessee. As I was preparing my remarks, I was doing some research and earlier in the morning, I saw a historian on the news who was talking about the amount of mass shootings that had happened at that point last week and how it was more than the amount of days in the year. So it was like at that, that particular day, there was 100 days in the year and there had been 147 mass shootings. So he was reporting that. And my, and, and my thought of the day was that with four people shot in Alabama in one place at one time. No, it's four people killed. It was 28 people that were shot. Wow. See, I obviously didn't read well enough. So, but with four people killed, so 28, 28 people injured, 20, injured in injured. this situation, is that counted in the number of mass shootings? So every shooting that happens in the black community, black and brown community, where there are multiple people shot, multiple injuries, do they count those in the number of mass shootings happening across the country? Because I believe that if you put all of those numbers together, so if the shooting in Alabama, because I know one thing, in the news, they do not call a shooting in an urban community where there are more than one, where there is more than one person shot or more than one injury. I have never heard them use the word mass shooting to describe it. I have never seen, I've never witnessed the media slowing down. I've never witnessed the legislators having to go to the floor to talk about it. I've never seen the president of the United States and the vice president going to visit that town or making a speech about the horrific incident that has happened in Chicago and Louisiana in New York and Alabama. I've never seen that. I've never, ever, ever seen the world focus in on the shooting of four, five, six people, injuries, as you said, 28, but four people dead, and call it a mass shooting and bring attention to it to make the case of why there has to be something done about gun violence. And so I wonder, why is that? Because if you count the numbers properly, then we've had more than 146 shootings in 100 days. And now I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that the number has grown even more than that because there are mass shootings that basically happen every day under the current um, criteria for how they identify mass shooting. There have been more than 147 from last week. Right. So let's just say the number is at 150 or 151 or two. Right. If you add what happens in our communities with our people to that, it could be 250 in a 110 day period. So we're we're dealing with a problem of epic proportion. And then even in counting the numbers and I'm not blaming the person who was on the news and what they're doing, because, you know, they're good intention people who are trying to present data. Right. But I'm just saying in America, if we look at an American crisis that does that, that all people are impacted by, there is still racism in even reporting the numbers of how many people have been shot and how many mass shootings are happening across the nation. Still, 
Black and brown people are not even being counted unless like you have in Uvalde where there were babies in a school. So therefore they can't, they counted that, but they, they won't even talk about the rest. And if they are counting it, they not, we don't know it because right. those, like you said, those are not the, the, the things that are highlighted. We don't see none of the president and nobody going to places in Chicago or places in New York where four and five people were being shot at one time. We don't, that's not a, a thing. You know, and that's that goes back to where the the slogan "Black Lives Matter" comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, people say, "Oh, all lives matter." No, we we have to tell you that Black Lives Matter because situations like this, where we we don't get the attention when the lives are lost in our communities, we don't. It's not it's not seen as something that's tragic. It's seen as you know, um, status quo. You know, and that's what I tell people all the time. It is status quo. It's designed. It could, uh, capitalism and America was designed to keep us where we are. You know, we are expendable. We are we right. are products. We are consumers. You know, we are all the things that's supposed to feed the economy. Black man was never supposed to to be benefit off of the economy. So that's why when you look at the wealth gap and you look at all those things, we always we've never represented over two percent of wealth in America. It's just never happened. You know why? because we were never designed to. And no matter if we were 17, 18, 14, 15% of, you know, the um, population, we've never, we've never achieved over 2% of the wealth gap. So when people say things are better, we still are at 2% of the wealth gap. So it's not really better. You just, is a perceived notion because now we have social media and people are either able to lie about wealth or the ones who have wealth you know, they 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 weren't they didn't exceed what was already done. So we have false sense of reality and false sense of you know growth that's not really happening. So until we get on the same page and we start acknowledging what America is doing to us and how it's never focusing on us, and we start focusing on making sure that we highlight that we utilize our platforms, voices, and resources and everything to combat. The violence and the lack of, you know, sensitivity for the violence in our community, we're gonna keep seeing it happen every day. That's right. I, listen, Bree, I would just say this. Uh, someone asked me actually while I was at the hospital. One of my aunts walked up to me and was like, "Man, like it's so much killing, it's just worrying me. All this stuff going on, worrying about my other little cousins. They going to parties, and you know, you don't want to stop their lives." And she was just like, you know, just worries me. It's just so much. And and, and she said, um, and I just wonder like what it's going to take to, to end it. I'm like, as long as you do not put a job, resources, proper housing, deal with people's mental health issues and their other health issues, make sure that families like mother and father have jobs, not just the young person, because the young person have a little job and then they go to work and guess what? They All their money is being taken up because they either trying to help their little sister or give money to their family. If you have to make sure that a holistic approach to the whole family being taken care of and not that, and when I say taken care, I'm not talking about giving them a handout. I'm talking about giving them an opportunity, educating them properly, making sure they have access to clean food and things that like not all the freaking sugar and disgusting stuff that we put in our bodies every day that does not make us healthy. It doesn't make us our best selves. It makes us tired. It makes us sluggish, right? Make sure that people are healthy. If you do that, I bet you, you will see 
you talking about reducing violence, that might actually bring it almost to a stop, right? You would have, you would be able to make a clear determination of the shooters. They would be, they would be, they would be so, they would be known and they would be easily cast out. Like we would see them, identify them, and they'd be gone. Because the research, right? because all everything else would be on point. So those, you know, just the negative and evil people, it'd be easy to get weeded out, you know? But it's a lot of people, I tell people all the time, it's like crime, poverty is crime. You know what I'm saying? Poverty is violence. And, and when we can't eliminate poverty and we can't eliminate the things that create poverty, that contribute to poverty, that continue to foster poverty, you know, then you can't stop violence. You just can't. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth... Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is gonna make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training 
and an extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So now we um, are shifting gears to talk about something that for the last week I have not been able to really get into the way I want to. And I guess today begins the beginning of me really trying trying to help people make sense of what took place last week. Um, you know, unfortunately, the situation with the FBI and Shanquella Robinson, um, her, you know, with, with the unfortunate news that we received coincided with my cousin passing away. And for the first time in a long time, I was like, I just can't, like, I just can't do all these things at one time, but, um, you all were on it. Um, my son and, you know, until freedom, of course. And then we have, the best legal team, I tell people, in America. If you want to know the best legal team in America, you need to be following us because we have the lawyers. So listen to that bullshit they tell you on the internet because that stuff is not true. Um, uh, so you all know that at some point, Attorney Ben Crump, uh, had, he was he decided to take on yet another situation after he learned about the unfortunate story of um, Shanquella Robinson. But that did not happen without him um, having several conversations between myself and this young lady who is my our friend, our dear sister, uh, who is an attorney that works with Attorney Crump. Uh, when she stepped in and said, I got this, you know, I'm going to manage this case. I'm going to travel to Mexico. I'm going to get down to the bottom of what happened to Shanquella Robinson. And that is attorney Sue Ann Robinson, which is no relation to the Robinson family. Although at this point, she talks to them so much that they're probably becoming like, you know, distant cousins. Um, but uh, um, attorney Sue Ann Robinson uh, has a law firm called Frontline Law out of Florida. And she is of counsel to Ben Crump Associates, which is Ben Crump's law firm. Is it Ben Crump's uh, Associates, um, Sue Ann? Ben Crump Law. 
oh, it's just Bing Crunk Law. Excuse me, I've been corrected, <laughs> y'all. Um, and so Attorney Robinson, I know you don't have a long time today, but we're glad that you have joined us to kind of take us quickly through what has happened. And then we can talk about the whys and like whose ass we need to kick. I said that, not you. Um, and so please let I us bring, bring us up to speed on what took place last week when um, the Robinson family, Shanquella's family met with the FBI. Okay, sure. Thanks for having me. Hey, my son, and my condolences to you, Tamika, on your family's loss. Thank you so much for, you know, coming right back in the game. As always, I appreciate you and all the work that your team does. Um, last week, we had a meeting with the family with two of the U.S. attorneys and two U.S. attorneys and about 10 or so of federal agents. And they basically said that they did their own independent autopsy after the autopsy, their autopsy results indicated something different from the Mexican autopsy, which is that there's no neck injury. They decided that they would now start an investigation into the case. Then they spoke to witnesses, which they didn't tell us specifically which witnesses. And then after they did that so-called investigation, they decided not to file charge, not to file homicide charges. Now, it's important two things. One, because it's a transnational criminal case, the only charges that they can bring against a U.S. citizen that commits a crime against another U.S. citizen is murder. So they can't um, charge anybody with uh, assault or battery or something like that. So it has to be a murder charge. That's still not an excuse because obviously we see what's in the video. And we know that Shanquilla Robinson's body had contusion on her head. She had a big knot on her forehead and that she um, had some contusions around her eyes. And their autopsy actually confirmed that she also had swelling on the brain, which indicates that she had head trauma. So it's all the signs line up in terms of the condition of her body for what we see in the video in terms of her being beaten. Um, so to me, our first question to them was, well, what is your autopsy results? Why did that make you start finally investigating, number one? Because remember, our urgency has always been, Tamika, that you know, every day that passes that they weren't investigating or questioning the people who were in the home, the travel mates, they could be getting their story straight. They could be deleting text messages. They could be doing anything. And so the FBI admitted that there was a delay because they didn't start that investigation until after the autopsy results came out, which honestly makes no sense to me. But it, it is par for the course because it indicates what we've suspected all along, which is they've never taken the case seriously from the beginning. So they did an autopsy on Shankula's body after it had already gone through a thorough autopsy, which Quilla and Ms. Robinson and the Robinson family have actually authorized me to release some of the Mexican autopsy, just so the public understands like when the US authorities are saying, oh, we did this other, other autopsy and kind of discrediting the Mexican autopsy, they will actually see how thorough it was um, for themselves so that you can kind of say, well, this comparison or this kind of dis um, disparity doesn't really make sense. 
but the U.S. authorities autopsy was done after the body had already gone through an autopsy, which includes looking at organs, doing certain cuts, and then the body was put back together and then embalmed and then by the funeral home and then transported to the United States. So that's when they did their autopsy. So the FBI is saying, don't trust this Mexican autopsy done by the Mexican authorities that indicates that she had a spinal injury that was done contemporaneously with her being dead. Trust the autopsy done weeks later after the body has already been prepared for burial and embalmed. This is the autopsy that we're using to say that we're not going forward with charges. It's outrageous, it's unreasonable, it's disrespectful to Shankola's memory and what happened to her. And of course, to all of us who can see in the video what happened. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. Because basically you're telling me first, like you just said, you know, you do something weeks and, and months later, you do you perform an autopsy and you come up with the fact that her neck wasn't broke. But the fact that you, you're making just her neck being broke, the only criteria for how she was murdered to me is crazy, right? When you're saying she has contusions, she has all the other things that are, you know, that are that equate to the fact that she was murdered, you know, and, and they they overlook that because because they say that there's no spinal injury. Like I don't understand. What what about the rest of the stuff? What about what we seen on the video? What about what we seen with our own eyes? You know, well, I, and and then I heard that there was something that said that you know um, there was supposed to be like a fight that they well, they, they agreed she agreed she to agreed a to a fight two people. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the issue with that theory. Well, if before you, you say are... that, before you say that, let me yeah. just say this. Because yeah. my son was going, what about the, you know, the brain, the head injuries? What about this? What about that? The, the other question, what about she's dead? Like, is that, does that yeah. play into any, what about the fact that she's dead? Yeah, but that's what I'm Can saying. Anybody... And all of these things that you see that's wrong with her, along with the fact that she dead shows that somebody killed her. So I'm just well, trying their, to their their position is they cannot determine based on their autopsy exactly what her cause of death is. They are going to list her cause of death as undetermined and not go forward with charges. So that in and of itself is a conflict. So they're saying we can't rule out that it was based on the fight and specifically said those words. We cannot rule out that she was not killed by injuries from this beating that she took, but we're gonna list it as undetermined. So, so the frustration really, you know. No, you gotta go to the part about the two people agreed to a fight. Okay, so Shanquilla, they made sure to advise us that Shanquilla was being a normal 20 year old, 25 year old that was of age on a vacation and was drinking. Oh, she was drinking. We were advised she was drinking. Yes, we know that. And then she was drinking when she got there. Okay, that makes sense. She's on her vacation with her. Okay. And then she was drinking at this time and she was drinking at this time. So they're telling us all this. I, I, I understand to imply, even though they cannot determine because they didn't do any toxicology because they couldn't, they didn't examine any of their, her organs because they couldn't. So the autopsy was very limited. They're trying to imply by their own context story that she's intoxicated. Okay, that's fine. We'll give it intoxication. Then how would they be able to then say, oh, witnesses advised us 
that what we're actually seeing is that two people agreed to a mutual comment. I, if she's intoxicated, how, number one, how is she going to consent to to a um, to mutual to combat? Being to being beaten. To being beaten. No, absolutely. That's what that's what we're seeing. That's what we know happened. I'm saying we, I'm the thing trying is, to literally heard on tape when they tell her to fight back, and she's saying no. Right, so we, because we're all supposed to ignore what we can see with our own eyes. That's what we're supposed to do, and 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 believe that oh, this is some, and even if it is. Even if it was, which it absolutely was not, if you if you mutually agree to fight someone and the person you kills you, you responsible for murdering that person. Well, here's the thing. Let me just say this, because I think the level of disrespect and the game that is being played is beyond real. I saw Tina Lawson, Beyonce's mother, write a long post. Like this shit is ridiculous. It's outrageous what has happened here. And it's so sad because in this country, we have gone from Shanquella Robinson to Ralph Yall so quick that people have shifted their attention from last week's thing. Oh, in between that, the Justins in Tennessee being expelled or expelled, whatever, from their seats. There is so much. And, and by the way, during this week, Jalen Walker shot at 90 times, hit 40 something times by police in Akron, Ohio is a thing. It's so much shit going on that is at this point, it's clear that even the federal government is playing on the fact that we can't stick with one thing but for so long. Right. And, right? And, mm -hmm. because, because, because in this situation, nothing you're telling me that they're saying makes sense. And I'm going to tell you why. And I, and I, I be trying to understand them because I be telling my son sometimes like, well, you kind of got to think about this and that and then and then and he'd be like, no. Or we both will say, well, you know what? That does make sense. In this situation, well, we are taught, I know that this is how it works because we from the street. All of us here, we've been born and raised in the hood. We know how it works. If me and you are fighting and I don't continue to fight back and you are beating on me and I'm doing nothing, the fight is over. That's the, that's, that is, that is, that's it. Of, that's the rules of a fist. That's a, a fight that we consent to. Once I'm not fighting back anymore, they get in the middle. Right, over. That's now everybody goes around talking about, oh, you got your ass whooped. And they walk around telling everybody and everybody hears the story and you stay in the house the rest of the summer. Because now you've been embarrassed as somebody who got beat down and didn't even fight back. That is how it works. The people who are there, the friends who are standing around, at the point that you stop fighting back and you're taking a beating, they are supposed to say it's done. It's over, especially if all of us were at some point supposed to be friends. So that's, that's, that's now. If that's, I, just the hood, I, that's just the hood rules. That's, that's the hood. The, that's not the law, right? That's, that's the law. We're talking about the hood rules. But if I die, it becomes a legal thing that you continue to beat me to the point where I die. I mean, but here's the thing. Here's the problem. Two things. One, they wasn't in the hood. They was in Cabo. They was spending 2K a night to stay at the spot. Who is at the 
Cabo luxury <laughs> mansion saying, let's do a fight club. Nobody. Okay. Exactly right. We are not doing that because we are chilling. We are having drinks. We are hanging out, etc. Nobody is up here like, you know what, y'all, let's take it back to the hood in the, in the expensive um, mansion overlooking the sea. Nobody is doing that. So when the FBI is telling me some crazy stuff like that, the disrespect is that you would think that I would think that that's what they were doing. That is on their vacation. So you're disrespecting me and black people by stereotyping and saying, well, y'all, you know what y'all do. It don't mm -hmm. matter where y'all are. It don't matter that y'all are on a luxury vacation in a 10 star um, villa with a private chef. This yeah, is what y'all do. Yeah, yeah. And it wow. makes no sense. A, this is some deep shit for real but you gotta come back because you need to go uh, i'm gonna keep the time you gave me so you have to come back because we have to continue to break down other parts because the next thing we need to talk about is what does this mean for americans traveling abroad who believe mm -hmm. that there's some type of protection by the american government and you happen to be black or a black woman because you know and by the way I'm not going to Mexico no time soon. I'm telling you that right now. Because every single couple, few days, twice a week, I've been seeing shot, killed, captured at sea, kidnapped, this, that. It's not, the things in Mexico is not going well for American citizens. But the, the last thing I want you to talk about before you go is that the family has decided that they are not going to let this end here. Is it possible that if there's more information that comes out they will be, the, the feds could change their um, current position. That's one. Two, because this wouldn't be double jeopardy because they haven't charged them. So tell, tell us that. Can Mexico still extradite? Exactly. And what is happening on May 19th? So the feds could indict if they, because they said, you know, if they get more investigation, that's what they claim, and more information, that's what they put in their statement. So they're leaving that door open. <clears throat> Which again goes to what we said from the very beginning. We're expected to carve our own path to justice. They want us to do their job. So mm -hmm. they're not investigating the case. They're like, oh, y'all figure it out. And then if you bring us everything wrapped in a bow, we'll see what we can do. Okay, no problem. Got you. Um, in terms of the extradition, what the family is asking for now is for a high level of diplomatic intervention in order to prioritize Shankula's case so that the extradition process can move forward because Mexico indicated that they've completed their packet, they've completed their investigation, which we attached some of the investigative documents to the letter. So they're like, hey, we've already identified a suspect. We're ready to extradite the person we've submitted. We're waiting for you all for, well, specifically for the Department of State to approve the extradition documents. So we're saying, listen, if you don't wanna press your own charges, facilitate and prioritize the extradition process and let them get on. Let them get on and be prosecuted in Mexico. And that makes sense. So for us and what the family is doing and what Until Freedom and the community is doing is that on May 19th, we are going to rally in the US Capitol and walk to the State Department to essentially demand on the 200th day that this take place, that the case be prioritized and that the person that Mexico's already identified already submitted a packet for, already done their own investigation, be extradited to Mexico so that someone who participated in this horrific crime is held accountable. 
Sounds Swam like a, Robinson. Go ahead, I just want to say we appreciate you for, you know, taking the reins on this and really just every day. I know I've been watching you, you know, going to Mexico nights, you know, calling Tamika days. Look, this was going on. You like y'all, y'all really serious, man. And I, and, and I, and I love to see how, you know, we're fighting for black women. I just want y'all to know I got your back. This woman deserves justice. And the fact that our quote unquote justice department and FBI don't see that is just is just is a disgrace, man. So we're gonna keep on fighting. The fight don't stop, you know. You know, one 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 monkey don't stop no show. That's how they say it, man. So we on to the next thing. You know, if we got to get extradition and Mexico got to do it, but we ain't gonna stop. So May nineteenth, May nineteenth, and, and I just want to say that you know, my son, thank you for the constant support, Attorney Crump. You know, he had the family with him, I think, in North Carolina or somewhere recently, making sure that they get the type of attention. People don't, they want to know why Ben Crump. Because when Ben moves, the media moves with him. And cases that would never get attention, they get some awareness brought to those matters because Attorney Crump, uh, you know, is, is out there on the front line. So thank you, Attorney Robinson. Please go take care of your business for the day. We already made you three minutes late. I appreciate you and I love we'll you. Be safe. Love you so All much. All right. Will do. Appreciate you guys. Hope to see you soon. Be blessed. Peace. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is gonna make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC.
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrantz, Palpocyclib. Ibrantz 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrantz and visit Ibrantz.com. Ibrantz may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrantz may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrantz, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. I mean, if that's not a crock of bullshit, I am. I, and, you know, some people are going to say no, because you don't know the law and this and that. Listen, the law. I the law have, listen to me. The law has taken young black men's lives for way less than that shit. The law has locked us up, thrown away the key for shit that's less than that. For hearing a voice. That for somebody saying for stories hey, that's made up. For made up charges shit. that's trumped up. No pun intended. So it's just for me, it's just like, I don't understand, excuse me. I don't understand what's going on here, but I do understand what's going on here because this is America. You know, this is what America does. They show us every day how they don't value us, you know. And um, my condolences again to Shanquella's family, but you know, we're gonna keep fighting, man. We're gonna keep on fighting. I believe, like they say, I believe that we will win if we just keep on fighting. May 19th. I never in my life believed that they were going to do the right thing for Shanquilla Robinson. I never believed it. I'm I not going to lie. I actually just thought because, that this was open and shut. I was like, oh, not, and I my, started to get... I said to myself, was, listen, these are other Black people. They, they, they'll protect their people. No, I didn't believe it. You know why? But I didn't believe it, but I tell you this much. Once people started to get involved and folks started really calling it out and Ben and Suan decided to take on the case, I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. But from day one, I was concerned because I, when they originally came out with a statement before we saw the video saying that there was no foul play and case was closed, I already knew right then they didn't even try. They didn't even try. So I knew what we were dealing with from that from 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 that example, they already had a statement out before the video was even released that there was no foul play and it was done, right? This was based upon whatever initial, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I, how, why would I believe that after some days, 
they would come back and say, okay, we saw the video and now we're going to do something. I mean, I wanted to believe that, but they have shown us over and over and over again, to your point, that we just don't, we can't get, we cannot get the type of respect and justice that is consistent. Because this same Department of Justice, we've had many days when we've had to talk about how we appreciate the fact that some things have moved forward and there has been accountability in a few cases. And so some people would say, well, you can't win them all. No. You can't win them all. But in this situation, we are these eyes. You see these eyes? Which we my see eyeballs them. are pretty white today. We they see them with the eyeballs. We see them with our own eyeballs. Because of the fact that they did not take it seriously and do something to figure out from the beginning what was going on, they because this statement is out again before the video. So that means that she dies. The U.S. is informed and they make a determination based upon Mexico and America at that time said, oh, nothing happened. And they go forward with putting out a statement that says no foul play. Well, in the midst of all of that, they're losing time before bodies being in her body being embalmed and all these other things. They're losing time to be able to do the proper autopsy that would help them determine all the things that happened to her and the cause of death. So time played a role in why Shanquella Robinson is not getting the accountability from the American government that she deserves. Definitely did. And then when you talk about them putting the body back together and then them saying that the neck was never severed, like, well, duh. I mean, but it's just, it's just, you know, it's so much going on, man. And it's terrible. It's just stupid. It's just really stupid, man. But, um, mess. it's called mess. My family member, my they numbered mess. They like, that numbered mess. So on to, on to, before I, before I get into my, um, I don't get it. I wanted to just give a shout out. You know, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm a big sports fan. Yesterday I was just in the house after, taking my sons to the soccer game and watching them play all day. I was in the house and I was watching the Clippers versus the um, Phoenix game, which was a dope game. Shout out to both teams. They play hard. But I just, I really just wanted to give flowers to somebody. And because I watch, and, and in so many ways, the individual reminds me of myself, right? R Russell Westbrook, right? Russell Westbrook, is a whole a Hall of Fame, you know, um, point guard, and he's been through the last couple of years. He's been through a lot, you know. He went to the Lakers, and everybody's trying to say he's the cause of why they weren't winning. He wasn't playing good. He wasn't this. People trying to throw him away. They try to disrespect him. You got lower level players who have never accomplished what he's he's accomplished. You got fans disrespecting him. You got them making articles about him. Everything you could think of. Mm. And through it all, Russell Westbrook has never lost confidence in him. Like, what it takes to be that level of like you, you, you'll watch other individuals that when when they're being criticized and they're not playing good, you'll watch them start to lose their own confidence. They start to shy away from the moment. They want to do less. They're just happy to be there. You know, they're not taking as many shots. They're going to take two shots. If they open, they say, I'm not going to take the shot. Russell Westbrook does not have that mentality. He has the, the fearlessness and the heart of a lion. Just watching him play 
every day. If you back up from Russell Westbrook, he gonna take the shot. He don't give a fuck how many people tell him he can't shoot. Then he has a mentality that is only a Warriors mentality. And yesterday, watching him play, it just made me respect him so much more. He, he's been traded from the Lakers to the Clippers, and watching how he's moved, continued to be great. Like he he pretty much won that game. He did little things that if you if you watch the game and you understand basketball. He played a level of defense and a level of intent with a level of intensity that nobody else could match because mm. in his mind, he's always the best player on the field. I don't give a fuck. The man was three for 19 yesterday. He what missed. That means. that means he only hit three shots out of 19. He missed 16 shots, but never did he not take the shots. Never did he not want the ball. Never did he stop being aggressive that whole game. He made the, the, the biggest defensive play of the game and then hit two crush free throws that sealed that game. And I just want to give, give the flowers to Russ because Russ has taken so much. And I was watching him and I was looking at his eyes and I know what that is. I know when people try to throw you away and tell you not as good and this and that, mm. and you fall off and this and that. And you and when you have this undying belief in you and you know that you're great, that's what Russell represents. So I just want to shout him out. You know, I want to say your fearlessness and the level of heart that you have is is. I've, I don't think I've seen, I've seen some great players, right? I've seen great players that when they was told that they didn't have it no more and they had, not just that they was told that they didn't have it no more. He went to a team, right? Where it wasn't his team because most of the great players, they stay on the team, that's their team. So when they get criticized, they still could take 40 and 50 shots a game. They still start in every game. So they would, the coach is still telling them, yeah, yeah. But he went on a team where, you started to see that they was losing confidence in this game. And he never lost confidence in him. He still went out there with the same energy and went to the next team. And now the level that he's playing at and the heart that he always plays with is just unmatched, man. So I just want to shout him out and say, man, Russ, continue to do because it's inspirational for me watching you. And I was watching him yesterday and he was just playing with an energy that was unmatched. I don't care what how big you was, nothing. Russ plays with the energy in that game with the belief in himself that I don't think I've ever seen any other basketball player. I've seen the greats. I don't think that Michael Jordan in his final season when he was on the Wizards was playing with the level of belief in his game that, that Russell Westbrook plays with. So I just want to say shout out to Russ. It was a big win yesterday, man. And it was motivational just watching you, you know? So I just wanted to say that. That's amazing. It That's is. It is. It is amazing, man. You just, if you were to watch that game and just know what Russ has been through and watch all the games and he gets criticized, or why is he taking a shot? Because he always believes he's going to make the shot. And that's I what bet you, I bet you somewhere in his life there is a group and particularly a black woman or many black women who believe in him that tell him that he's great every single day. Well, I, I hope so. I bet because he he definitely believes it. When watching him play, he believes that there's nobody better than him on that court at any given time. He's not going to be swayed. You're not going to talk him out the game. He's not going to have one bit of fear. He's going to step up. He's going to play the best player. He's going to play defense. He's going to out-rebound seven-footers. He's just going to do everything it takes to win. So, you know, that's the type of person I want with me in a bunker, in a dog fight, back-to-back, -back, because you know win, lose, or draw, he's going to be there with you, man. So. Shout out to him in that. Cool. So um, well, my I don't get it. 
So, you know, I, I always have conversations with people. I go online and, you know, and um, there's this, this notion, right? There's this notion that comes, and I don't know where it came from. I think I know where it came from. I think it came from individuals who have low self-esteem, who, who, who try to hide weakness, who, um, who actually are afraid, you know, who, who feel under-accomplished or whatever it is. But there's this, this notion that because people have money or they have things or, you know, they have possessions, that they are somehow better than someone else, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that that notion to me, I, I, I vehemently despise it. I, I denounce it. I deny it. And I always say it's not it's not what a person possesses the content of an individual's character. And you know, we we become so overwhelmed by what people possess in today's society that we overlook good people of moral and, and integrity. You know, the same way I don't just respect, like I don't, I don't care about how much money you got. I don't care how much things you have. Just like when the, the dudes in the street come to me and say, I'm a shooter and I shot this one. I don't care about none of that shit. None of that shit don't mean nothing to me. I'm not scared. I'm not impressed. I, none of those things mean nothing. I want to talk about the individual you are. You know, what kind of friend are you? What kind of, what kind of heart do you have? What kind of morals do you have? That's what defines an individual. And I'm, I'm so, I just really don't get why we allow in this day and age that as soon as we start talking about things that have to do with character, things that have to do with who an individual really is, that some weak individual wants to tell me how much money someone has. You know, and I really don't get it. And I want to say to my young kings and queens, don't let nobody try to make you feel less than because they may have more than you, right? Because the, the, all those days I've, I've watched millionaires have millions and millions of dollars and go to nothing and have zero. But I never seen a person who was a good character and integrity ever lose that. Mm. I've seen I've seen millionaires who was pieces of shit lose all their money and still be a piece of shit. But when you're a good individual, when you're good, when you're a person of good moral fiber and, and, and integrity and, and strong character, you can lose a million dollars and still be wealthy, mm -hmm. right? Some people are so poor, all they have is money. So don't let nobody think or make you think because you don't have possessions that somehow they, they're better than you or they have some level, some something over you, you know? And I, and I don't, I want, I want to say that because I see it so much. I, I watch social media and this is why these kids are committing suicide. This is why crime rates is so high because they're trying to, they're trying to get the possessions, you know, the, the, I want to have the money like somebody else. If I had the money, then I could be this person. No, be this person. Be that person. Be a person of good character. You know, when you do the things the right way and you and you live your your life in a, in a, in a respectful manner, you'll gain. The money going to come. But don't 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 lose yourself trying to, you know, to to compete or make somebody make you feel like you less than because you don't have possessions, man. It ain't, it ain't what's in you. I mean, it ain't what's on you. It's what's in you, man. It ain't what you got is what's inside your soul, man. So I just I just wanted to say that because I felt like it was a real moment because I have these conversations all the time with individuals that want to tell me about what somebody has and, oh, this person is better. He got more money and this and that. And I, 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 I dispel that myth and I don't want our babies to believe that. I want you to understand 
you are just as valuable as anybody. You know what I'm saying? You are just as valuable, if not more valuable than a lot of these people who sold their soul to get these possessions. Okay. I have nothing to add. That was beautiful. Beautifully stated and very, very true. With that said, we're glad that y'all love Street Politics, <laughs> the number one podcast in the world. We're going to continue to do us. We're going to continue to bring you heartfelt, real topics, real people, celebrate our friends, talk about shit we don't like. Tell us what you don't like. Inform us what you want to hear, who you want us to interview. Give us your feedback. We appreciate y'all for the support. And as we close, Tamika, I meant to say Harriet Tubman, not Rosa Parks, because this is the Harriet Tubman thing look so when i said you look I like think rosa, rosa parks, parks used to have little things around like too she used to wear headdress most of the most of the is harriet tubman that you see with the headdress so i'm you know let me let me follow I back think, up and say, i think i think they should put some pictures in there but i do rosa parks used to wear her hair with headdress i don't know but i know we always see harriet with the headdress you know what i'm saying that's one of the most famous pictures of harriet you see Harriet with the braids or the headdress. So I could be right, but I know what I was when I thought about it, I was like, no, it was more, it was more Harriet. It was more Harriet. But yeah. anyway. Well, maybe it was the braids. It was the it was her braids. I definitely know she used to wear a headdress and yeah. sometimes like a twist, but she yeah, did definitely. I, I know I see one with the headdress. Yeah, she because Harriet, I mean uh Rosa Parks wore hats. And then she wore like a braided thing, but she also did wear like her headbands and stuff. So, you know, both of them was doing rock and they think that's that. Thank you. Okay. Well, like, as, as I always say, I'm not going to always be right. <laughs> I'm not going to always be wrong, but we will both always, and I mean, always be authentic. Peace. Hello. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. 
AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.